mixed martial arts and boxing fans. It's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It is Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. We have a lot to get to in today's show. We'll get into all the action that went down this past weekend. UFC, Bellator, boxing last night, all of that. It will be, uh, we'll, we'll dive into as the show rolls on. But very excited. I always love when we get uh, fighters in studio. And this is a, a big, big thrill. We got Miguel Baez, Baez is coming in studio uh, along with his trainer, Kevin, uh, Kevin Gleason. Uh, appreciate you guys stopping by today. Uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you, and this is a, this is a huge deal, man. Miguel, you have a a big fight coming up. Uh, you're going to be fighting Matt Brown, UFC, ESPN, um, and it's that's 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 a monster for you, man. To to see you uh, to see you get to this point coming up in March is uh, is is a big deal. How does that uh, how does that all kind of settle into your mind that you're getting these kinds of opportunities on the regular now? You know, uh, I'll be honest. And uh, I started here, you know, off in Brown and Dade County and fighting down here. And, you know, I was actually having a discussion with my one of my coaches, uh, MMA Masters. And it came up like a year ago. We were just trying to get basically uh, to uh, one of the like main shows down here and trying to fight in front of Dana White and possibly get an opportunity to, you know, like get in the UFC. And now a year later, I'm fighting Matt Brown in Columbus, Ohio, possibly going to be on the main card. It's a... Uh, Probably one of the biggest opportunities I've ever had. In so. his hometown, like yeah, you're gonna, you're we're gonna, in his backyard. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get that opportunity. So it's to... a huge step up. And uh, man, at first when I, they told me the news, I couldn't believe the name. You know, like uh, I went from fighting Hector Aldana, you know, someone around like uh, the same amount of fights as I do, right. to somebody who has 25 fights in the UFC. So it was like, oh, man, like is this is this the right Matt Brown? <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there another Matt Brown in the division? But it's awesome. Like, it's uh, the guy's a legend. You know, it's it's awesome to become, compete with a guy like that, you know, and it'd be in a cage with him. It kind of, it, it's like two, one or two things. The UFC either likes me or they hate me. You know what I mean? Like, they're giving me Matt Brown and, you know, I get the opportunity to kind of step in there with a legend and I belong there. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, Matt Brown, they, they think he's going to go in there and, you know, and uh, tear my head off, but we have other plans. So I think uh, I think that they probably think the world of you, man. I mean, Matt Brown uh, is a guy that everybody knows who is a UFC fan and, um, you know, I think they think a lot of you that they would want to put your skills up against a guy who's done that kind of thing, the crazy fights that he's had over his life. I mean, he's the he's the immortal, the, the, the hellbow, all those kinds of crazy things. So uh, to feel that your skill sets are already at that level, I think they probably think a lot of you. Yeah, you know, again, I got that news. I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I just, uh, I kind of looked at it. I showed it to my coach that was next to me. And he read it, and he kind of paused, like, wait, Matt Brown, Matt Brown? I'm like, do you know of another Matt Brown? In the <laughs> I mean, like, what's going on? And then when we got it, it was just, it was all excitement after that. You know, it was a, a big step up. What is, what has it been like being in the UFC? Like, you have been a guy you fought in Titan XFN for the guys uh, for fight time down here. Like all these, all these scenes. And I tell this to everybody down here. Uh, the South Florida is a fight community. I'm always amazed by seeing the talent we get to see um, in 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 these smaller venues and seeing the kind of talent that. Uh, we're churning out, but you know you've you've put in the work. You were you were putting on great performances in front of uh, smaller venues, and now you're going to be you're in this position where, you know, you're fighting you know a few feet in front of Dana White, and you're fighting basically in front of the world. Like, does that does that blow your mind? Have you been able to stay kind of within all of it because uh, it's if it, it's it's the same sport, but it's a big change in a big stage. Yeah, 
again, man, a year ago, we were just trying to get like a look, just a look, you know, and now we're in this position. It's, it's, and the whole journey up to this point was really, uh, it was hard, man. Like it, there was a couple of times where I didn't think I was going to be able to do this much longer. Like, uh, you know what, like, uh, you know, people have dreams and sometimes they don't, you know, it just doesn't pan out that way. Right. And for us to get this, uh, to fight on the contender series, you know, we were six, oh, what, six and oh, we got the opportunity, you know, and it was, it was awesome. Like, I was like, let's do it. You know, as a matter, like this is my shot. So let's what's go, that let's call go like? after it. What's that, that, what's that call like when you, you're going to go on the, uh, the the contender series? So it worked out, uh, again, the guys at MMA Masters, man, they really looked out for me. So we, uh, they gave me the, an idea, like, hey, you know, we can possibly get you in the contender series. And uh, when they first told me that, I didn't hold my breath, you know. Uh, again, fighting down here and having so many fights kind of pull out, you know, getting used to, like, I was 6-0, and oh, and I didn't get any – I didn't have any, any real traction, really. You know, right. nobody was knocking on my door to represent me. Uh, no, no, no uh, real contact with any big like uh, promotions or anything like that. So when they brought up the uh, just the, the 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 opportunity of Dana White's Contender Series, I was like, all right, let's do it. But again, I wasn't I wasn't gonna uh, put all my chips into that. You know, like I wasn't gonna go ahead and bet all, bet the house that I was gonna be on Dana White's Contender Series. So when uh, I got the actual call and they told me I'm gonna be on Dana White's Contender Series again, I kind of like froze, like, nah, like it's real. Yeah, exactly. No, no way. Like, you sure? Me, you know, like, uh, like you know, and they were like, "Yeah, man, you're on there." They gave me the name and everything, and then that was a whole nother like journey we had to go through with the training camp and the, the, the opponent change and everything like that. And then to fight. The other crazy thing about the Dana White Contender Series, they warn me about it, but it's still a little different, a little eerie. Is when you walk into the, to the you know the cage and where everybody's sitting down, like your friends, your family, and then Dana White. It's super quiet. Right. It's super quiet. You walk in. You can hear everybody like just kind of almost breathing and just like, you know, you can feel the eyes on you and everything. And then, you know, when the fight goes on, there's no clapping. There's, you know, you can hear his coach telling him what to do. You can hear my coach and it's just, you know, just the thump. You can hear, you can hear us like every, every kick, every, yeah, it's just, uh, it's different from any other fight. You know, it's, it was almost like, yeah, being in the gym, which kind of helped me a little bit. You know, it was like mentally like, okay, it's, you know, it's just like, you know, sparring at, at home, you know, but. Again, Dana White's only a few feet away, but I tried to block that out. I was like, right. no, let me, I got, I got, I got, a, I got a mission. I got to take this guy out first. Uh, Kevin, what do, what have you seen in Miguel's uh, growth? I guess over over this uh, this this last short period of his career, where the this, the 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 lights have gotten a little bit brighter and uh, more people are are knowing his name. Is it is it one of those things where are you trying to perfect what got him there? Are you are you still trying to add things because now the competition is going to get a little bit stiffer and. Uh, you'll, you're taking on guys that do have a lot more experience. What does that go like as far as uh, preparation is concerned as a coach? I mean, I try to keep, um, from my aspect, the preparation pretty much the same as um, as it's always been. You know, it just it's the name that's in front of us and the body type and the, the tools that they bring. Um, as far as, you know, the progression that he's had since he started, it's – I've always believed in him since, the, you know, I've been training for about five years. So I always believed he was UFC ready from – you know, the first time I actually mixed it up with him, he was he was that high level. He has a, a probably one of the best IQs I've ever seen um, that I've actually trained and had the opportunity to train. So uh, his progression has been great. I mean, Miguel gets mentally focused for whoever's being put in front of him. So um, you know, it, it's been a, a a fun ride for the last five years from his you know pro debut to where he's at now. Yeah, it's it, it, speaking of your fight IQ, the way uh, you won your last fight, like taking the guy out, like chopping those, chopping those legs down. That is such a 
a nasty thing when watching a fight. You see a guy's leg balloon up. When do you do that? Like in a fight, knowing that that is there for you, uh, knowing that a guy really can't stop that, and knowing it's starting to really affect him. Like, how does when, when does all this kind of stuff kind of engage in your head that something is being that effective when you're winning a fight that way? There were a few like little moments, you know, when uh, there, I don't, I can't remember which kick it was, but when I did hit him, did a little stutter step, you know, like you could tell, like he uh, he wasn't pressing uh, forward like we expected him to. Hector Aldana was, you know, a, a, he's a pressure fighter, more of a Muay Thai guy, and we expected him to be real heavy, like come out real strong and put the pressure on me. And uh, we got a few kicks off, and then he started having a stutter step, and all of a sudden that that initial explosive step forward wasn't there anymore. And then I just kind of kept throwing it, kind of trying to feel him out to see maybe he was trying to kind of lure me into to an exchange. And he did do it a few times. He kind of waved me over, you know, come into him. I was like, no, we're not going to play that game. So, you know, after the first round went by, I went, I went back to my corner and told me, yeah, he's feeling the leg kicks. You got to keep going back to that. And I was like, man, let's do it. You know, like that's the that's the easiest way to, to take this guy out, you know. So we got in there and I started to uh, kind of put it together a little more. Now I used my hands to set up the kick a little bit more and then use the kick to set up my hands a little more. So then everything kind of just came together and, and boom, that last, uh, that last kick, I think it was like the 15th kick I landed or something like that, that uh, put him away. It was very, very impressive. So getting ready for a guy like Matt Brown, uh, who, as we've said, has, has, a, has a ton of experience. Um, do you think, like, in the prep for this, do you think, for both of you guys, like, do you think this is going to be a lot about focusing on you, your skill sets, or do you, do you go and dive into an archive that big? Do you go on the recent fights with a guy like Matt Brown? How do you guys feel like you're going to kind of uh, unravel that Rubik's Cube? You want to tackle this one? Or? I mean, you know, for me, I look at, you know, I definitely watch a little bit of tape. I, I try to see tendencies and, and habits that he has, things that he likes to do and, and go off of. Um, I, I look into what how I would beat Miguel with Matt Brown's uh, tool set. Um, so, you know, we, we have a couple of little ideas we like to go off of, and, and we focus mainly on what Miguel is going to do rather than so much of what he's going to do because I feel personally as a trainer, if, if you get too caught up in what that guy's going to do, you've already lost the first battle there. So I, I want Miguel to kind of focus on what he's going to do and what we're preparing him to do and just doing it over and over in the gym so it becomes just – a second nature you know that's like I said the IQ that that this kid has is just I've never seen anything like that the way he could you just saw he remembered how many kicks he yeah. landed you know it's it, that's something that's super special on a fighter Miguel, uh with yourself not eight and oh uh just just kind of jumping into the UFC what what for yourself like in an ideal world like timeline wise do you feel yourself um I guess getting into contendership like do you do you have that stuff all mapped on your uh, in your mind? Because getting to the UFC is such a grind in itself. Yeah. Uh, now it kind of feels like you're almost uh, starting from square one again because you have new eyes to impress, almost the whole world to to to, to get to know your name. So, um, do you do you think of yourself in regards to like, you know, in two years I want to be fighting for the title or I want to be top five and all that stuff? And and do you visualize yourself with guys uh, amongst the top of the division? And welterweight, which is a, which is one of the the beasts of of the uh, of the of the company. Yeah, I'm in a real uh real heavy like a really heavy like talent heavyweight class. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to like the my future, to be honest, I really kind of look at each fight as they come. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I want to be able to be the next guy in front of me. And I was talking to Kevin about this recently. You know, I never like being in the situation that I am in now. It's always something that like, you strive for. You know, you try to. Um, you want to be in the UFC. You want to fight the best and everything like that. But 
now that I'm here and then, you know, doing stuff like this, like being on the ticket, you know, like you never really think about it until you're until you're there. You know, you always think uh, my mindset was always the next fight, you know, like who who's in front of me and who, I, who do I got to beat, you know? So do I have a timeline and like when do I want to be like a top 10 guy or top 20 guy? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I have a timeline. I just want to make sure that uh, when I have my next fight, I'm ready to go and I beat that guy. And then after that, I beat that guy. And I know this is a major step up, so it'll get me to where I want to be a lot sooner. So I'm thinking maybe two years, maybe a year and a half if, you know, again, we do it right and I get, you know, the right fights. Like, you know, when I mean right fights, I don't, I don't mean like there's a person in particular because my mindset also is I'm in the UFC, so I'm going to fight the best guys in the world so you can give me whoever you want. You know, like you've, that's it. You've pummeled a lot of guys. Like you, you go out and you get some, some pretty vicious finishes. Um, do, going into a fight like this against Matt Brown and knowing this, you know, going to be on ESPN and all that stuff, uh, you have a guy, you were on the contender series, I know that you won by decision that, but that is a fight where they want you to go all action, go out and impress. Um, do you feel an extra set of pressure to 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 do that and to to impress upon people what kind of a fighter you are and that you are a guy that keep, people want to continue or do you feel like all that stuff's gonna come if you execute your stuff correctly? That's exactly that. yeah. I feel like as as long as we stay focused and stay disciplined, we can beat anybody. You know, so if it's Matt Brown, if it's you know any other Walter Way in division, I know if we do the if we we game plan correctly, which we always do. You know, I stay disciplined to what we do. That's uh, that's on me at that point. You know, when I go in there. All the work that we put in, me and Kev, the guys at Masters, Caesar, my guy at uh, round five, all my, you know, all those, all my training partners, everybody, we stick to what we do, and I go in there and I execute. It's gonna be, we're gonna get a finish. Like it's, uh, I, I don't doubt it. And if it's not that, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna dominate each, each minute of the fight. So, how do you, uh, how do you see it going, Kevin? This, uh, this matchup in particular. I know you as a, as a guy who breaks things down, you've probably already thought about it a hundred different ways. I mean, I've seen some things that I like that that we're gonna try to exploit. Um, I think that we're gonna stop him in the second round. You know, I think I think we're gonna touch him up in the first round. You know, I know he likes. I don't want to give up too much, but I know he likes to come forward and he has you know very calculated and smart pressure. He's not a guy that, that runs right at you, but um, I think that we're gonna touch him up with some shots. Um, we're gonna be in his face as well, you know. And just like Miguel said, we're everything we're gonna do is is calculated. You know, we're not gonna fold under pressure. And then I think by the second round, we're gonna put him away. Uh, Miguel, before we get you out of here, man, uh, the you know any kind of last words that you just want to say, uh, I guess, to the community because it is really cool that we have somebody, uh, you know, growing up down here who was who was fought down here and now is getting this kind of national landscape. Um, you know, this is a, something I tell people all the time is that. There's just such tremendous talent down here, uh, and you're you're definitely a picture example of that, of uh, of 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 the kind of growing crop we have down here in South Florida. So I guess is it uh, does, you know the the meaning it has to you to to be you know from down here and now getting this kind of national showcase for people. Well, you know, if I had a message to all the guys out there that are fighting like from down here, I, I mean, and you're right, there there's so much talent down here. It's like I'm surprised the UFC doesn't come down here more. Yeah, you know, like uh, I think the, what's the last show? It was a Bank. Uh, it was a BBT. It was yeah, BBT Center, Center last year, which was yeah. like after we were blacklisted for like a good five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what? That's like the first time in six years. Yeah, which is crazy to me because again, there's so many great fighters down here, so many jujitsu practitioners. Like you can you can throw a rock and hit a black belt. You know what I mean? Like there's so many good guys down here, and for all those guys that are fighting coming up through the regional circuit down here, man, keep it going. Like uh, I'm exactly like you said. I'm an example. I made it to where I want to be, and everything's changed since that point. And I, I remember the days where. I was I like I don't know if I can continue this. I like it's hard, man. Like trying to trying to chase a dream is hard, but 
you know, when, once you make it, it's all those all sacrifices are worth it, man. So to everybody out there who's struggling to make it, keep fighting, man. Uh, it's Miguel Baeza. He is going to be fighting March 28th on ESPN against Matt Brown. His trainer, Kevin Gleason, also kind enough to join us. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys spending some time with us this morning. Thank getting you. up appreciate with us. it. And uh, we'll definitely be the watching ticket. the journey for sure. The ticket. We're back. Tune after- in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. Thanks again to Kevin Gleason bringing in Miguel Baeza, who is going to be fighting in March. Make sure you guys are checking that out. As he said, there is a ton of talent down here. And you just go over his resume of, the fights that he's had down here, it's just uh, its really cool to see. I love stories like that. I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. So really, really appreciate it. And go watch him March 28th on ESPN. Uh, support the guys from down here. It's always important, guys. Speaking of UFC, back in action last night, you had a big-time heavyweight matchup. Curtis Blades was taking on Junior Dos Santos. And Curtis Blades, man, he continues his reign of terror against everybody who's not named Francis Ngannou. He was uh, able to beat JDS by TKO. Hit him with a, a vicious shot. JDS was going for this. I mean, he was going for some home run uppercuts. I mean, he was he was swinging from his shoes, which was actually it was it was interesting because uh, you know Dan, uh, Daniel Cormier was calling this out as the fight was going on, and, and he was he was whiskering it. It was it was it was close, but um, not close enough. And it opened up it opened up an opportunity for Curtis Blaze to hit him with a big right hand, put JDS up against the cage, hit him with a big knee. Um, started pummeling him enough, didn't put him down, but enough that the uh, the referee saw enough and stopped the fight. And Curtis Blades now puts himself in a in a big position um, as far as heavyweight contendership is concerned. He's in this uh, this mix. He got he did call for his title shot afterwards, and it'll be interesting because we're in this spot right now where you don't really know what's going to go on with Stipe because one of the things that's been interesting is. We thought that the first place everybody was going to go was, okay, they're going to do the trilogy with Daniel Cormier. He doesn't seem that into it. Now, don't forget, there was a lot of uh, jerking around that went down on Stipe's part when he first lost to DC. Uh, he didn't he didn't get that immediate rematch, was, which was kind of messed up, if you, if you really go back and think about it, because, you know, Stipe was the longest reigning heavyweight champion, and, you know, DC coming up there and starts him the way that he did, you thought, okay, natural thing would be that champ gets a shot, but... Remember, DC had all these options out there. There was some flirtation with Brock Lesnar and really just had Stipe sitting on the shelf for, for a while. Uh, he ended up going to fight Derek Lewis uh, uh, on a quick turnaround. We also had this count, this this kind of running clock of when was Daniel Cormier's career going to wind up because he had mentioned that he was going to retire at age 40. So we're now at this spot where you have Stipe going up against uh, this this kind of crop of contenders you just beat the fourth guy if you're Curtis Blades. The guy above you is Francis Ngannou. Now, here's, it's an interesting kind of conundrum that the UFC's in, and I guess Stipe is in, because you have a fight against Francis, and I think that there would be nothing the UFC wants more than for Francis Ngannou to be heavyweight champion. I think that they think he's a sellable monster. He is as, as scary as it gets with the, with the kind of hammers that he has. Uh, but 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 Stipe put it on him, so it, it, it's not the easiest rematch to sell in the world because it, it's not only that he put it on him, he put it on him, and then like Francis was almost like outcast from the UFC because he was like the poster guy for Dana White. He thought that he was going to be like 
I, I refer to him as UFC Drago. Like he was like built in a lab, and the UFC would like nothing more than him to be heavyweight champion, other than Stipe, who they can't get four words out of. You know, they just wanted something marketable in that division, and instead, you know, he 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 got beat up pretty good, and people still, you know, there was a lot of side talk about his ego getting too big and that he wasn't training that hard and all that stuff that he was leaving camp that he was going to train in France all this type of stuff um since then he's come back and he's absolutely steamrolled fools including Curtis Blades again so he's uh he's very deserving of getting back he's done everything there is to do to get back into that title contention that's for sure but it is a matchup that we've seen and we've we we saw it be uh very one-sided very one-sided it wasn't even like it's sometimes it's easier to, to talk the public back into something that happens quick than happens over the span of four or five rounds. It's you know it's kind of the argument that goes uh, that that flies in the face of Connor versus Habib for again. You know it's like all right we can see it again. Uh, certainly there's going to be a lot of uh, of venom and vitriol that goes between those two gentlemen. But over four rounds we kind of saw that Stipe has got him basically everywhere uh, outside of Connor landing a monster shot now. You know, Connor can go and he can throw uh, injuries on it or he can throw uh, more focus on it. And, yeah, I'm sure it'll do good numbers. But it, just to come down to that fight, those those 20 minutes or, or just under 20 minutes that they're in an octagon, and for CBF France, those those 25 minutes they're in an octagon, we saw what happened. Um, the Cormier one's interesting because if it's not Cormier, what is Daniel sticking around for other than maybe a John Jones fight at heavyweight, which nobody seems that keen on. Uh, he's even mentioned that he's willing to go down to 205. I feel like that's going to be a hard cut at his age. I'm not going to say he can't do it, um, you know, because he's a champion and a professional and all that stuff. But I feel like that's got to be harder for DC that he's going to have to cut all this weight to get down to 205 pounds to go fight a guy that, again, to to, to go to the theme of thing, we kind of know what that's how that story ends. We've seen it before. We know. That, that John is a better fighter, especially at 205, over Daniel Cormier. Um, you know, and I think the only thing that DC, if, if it was to be at that weight class, I think the only thing DC would probably throw in his face a lot would be, obviously, the, the vacated win because of all the performance-enhancing drugs that were in John's system. So then you kind of get down to Curtis Blades, and it's, uh, it's an interesting... If, if Stipe is looking for a fresh matchup... Um, Curtis is the guy. I don't really think there's a there's another argument for anybody else. Uh, you know, Rosenstrike is coming up again. He's going to be fighting, I think, soon, and he's kind of burst onto the scene. But I don't think that you could stack up the resumes and say that Rosenstrike is quite there yet. Derek Lewis, uh, I think, still needs some some rehabbing to do as far as since the the fight that he lost to to DC. So I would rather say like the the, the argument would be. If, if I had to just go straight up what they've done since uh, for what they've done to earn a title shot, you probably got to go Francis number one um, because he's beaten Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, you probably go, you would go right behind him, but the only advantage that he has, I would say, in this matchup is, well, he hasn't fought Stipe. And so if Stipe wants a different matchup, and he took some absolute bombs in that fight against uh, Francis Ngannou, I think uh, I think that would be uh, that would, that's definitely he's definitely got an interesting case and then you know DC I think is probably the heavyweight matchup that would get the most buzz out of all these although I don't know Francis Francis and Stipe I think again I don't know it's it, it's a tough it's a tough trilogy it really is I don't want I don't want to 
I don't want to go out on the line and say that that uh, one is huge. I, I would say DC is the most famous, so and, and they have a one-one. So you would like to see that score settled. I think is probably the argument you would make for that. So, and and he was also dominating that fight and did something. You know, it was it was so weird. You know, he just he kept walking forward. It's just not the way you expect Daniel Cormier to go fight a fight. You know, and he he he's coming off a, a situation where he he knocked out Stipe Cold on a, on a wild exchange. He uh, and, and then was 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 really really beating him good early on in that fight, and you know was walking forward, and Stevie was just bodying it up with these nasty body shots, and eventually put him away. So, if you're looking for a fresh matchup, Curtis definitely has an argument. I don't know if he's got a clear cut argument, which is good to see. I got to be honest with you. You know, thinking about how heavily debated that is in my own head, uh, I would say it's kind of good to see this kind of a mix at heavyweight. I don't know if we've had anything like that for a while um, as far as this division has been concerned. But but Curtis is – if it doesn't happen next, Curtis is going to get it soon. He is – he's not just a – he's not a one-dimensional wrestler anymore. He's had some vicious TKOs, man. I mean, what he did to Alistair Overeem where he busted that head o- wide open, just absolutely gnarly. Um, and, you know, going out there and you're, you're, you're TKOing a guy in, in JDS who they always say, like, this is the big promo on him. Always, first of all, he's a former champion, and second of all, always say he has the best boxing in the division. So you take that into account, and he did what he did yesterday. I would say that uh, that's that's a that's a great win to put uh, to put on the shelf for Curtis Blade yesterday. The other one that came out of yesterday in the co-main event, you had Michael Chiesa, who got a win over Rafael dos Anjos. He won uh, 30-27, 29-28 on two cards. Uh, interesting one from the, there were a couple of things that stood out to me for, with Kiesa on this one. Um, he remains, he remains a, 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 a big problem at welterweight, big dude. I was a little surprised looking they, they, uh, I was a little surprised watching this fight and seeing these two that while we were watching it, Kiesa wasn't in the welterweight rankings yet. I just found that surprising because everybody had talked about, well, this guy's going to be such a problem and. To think that he wasn't in the top 15 was a little bananas to me. You know, and you see guys who are in there, you're just like, yeah, all right. Like, I, I would expect, like, yes, is going to be 15. Um, so what he did was he won this fight, took RDA down like crazy, which that's what people do. They take RDA down. He's uh, been taken down, I think, I don't know the exact number in front of me. I feel like it was in, I think after last night, I think it was 36 over the last three or four fights. So it's been a lot. But um, Kiesa got the got the win, and then he called out Colby Covington. Um, didn't do an interview. He just said to 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 uh, DC's like, I just got to say this, Colby Covington. I'll see you in July, and then walked out, which is cool. I like I like the fact that that Michael Kiesa called his shot. Um, but it's a huge step up, you know. If you think about it, if you're talking about a guy who is uh, not even ranked yet, now he did just beat number five. Um, I, it, it's going to be crazy. I would imagine that he's going to go from not ranked at welterweight now to, I've got to say six, right? Like you're going to, you're going to put him somewhere in that regard. And then he goes and calls out the number two guy in the world. And what's kind of a mishmash, everybody else is pretty much taken up at, as welterweight is concerned. Cause Leon and Tyron are going to fight. And then as far as welterweight's concerned, I don't, I, I don't think it's very long until we get the announcement that, that Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru are going to be fighting for the title. Um, reason I think that is 
both of those guys this week seem to very much turn their aim on each other. And I said this last week. I talked about the Kamara Usman and 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 Jorge Masvidal thing as opposed to Conor McGregor. And I just thought that, as far, especially from Masvidal's standpoint, I just thought that he did a much better job explaining why he wants to fight Kamara Usman. And got, he talked me into that fight as opposed to the McGregor fight. Because, you know, the thing with McGregor is it's not that hard to figure this stuff out because he throws – He's a smart guy. He's he 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 leaves his options open, but you can tell the stuff that really gets his juices flowing. And and he's never he's always been a guy where he's he's had a direct thought on what he's going to do and what he's going to do next. And what he wants to do is get the get the rehab uh, get the rematch against Habib. That's what he wants. That's it's it, it's that simple. So when you think about all the guys that he's mentioned, and the only guy that really just kind of you know. Twitches, twitches his beard a little bit. Uh, it's been it's been Nurmagomedov. It has been. And, and and how does he get back there? And then you think about the Hori Masvidal fight. And yeah, I, I mean, most fan polls and all that stuff, they want to see Connor versus Masvidal next because those are right now, I'd say, the two most buzzworthy guys in the UFC. You know, you could probably argue uh, Nurmagomedov is more famous than, than Masvidal, but over this last year, he was fighter of the year. He had a knockout that everybody on planet Earth had saw. He became a he became a monster monster superstar. Um, so I I think from that standpoint, yeah, a lot of fans want to see that matchup. But I do think it could get bigger. I think it could get bigger. And I think one way that that fight gets bigger is, um, is that Jorge Masvidal becomes champion of the world. And I don't think, because I think Connor's a smart guy and I think he knows there's risk. I don't think he wants to fight Jorge Masvidal until he can get a title. I don't think the Bad Mother Bleeper title uh, gets him going that much. I think if Masvidal became champion of the world at 170 pounds, I think he'd absolutely want to fight him then because then he has the opportunity to go and win a third title, um, which is something nobody's done. So I think that that would get Masvidal right. And then even with the Masvidal-Connor thing, you know, Jorge has been very clear. He's He wants that fight for the money, which is great. I'm not against people making money. I want all these fighters to make as much money as possible. But I've said this. Uh, as a fan, I don't really care about the, the the oodles and oodles of money that they make. I want them to make good money, and I want them to be paid handsomely. But it's not – if you're going to tell me about what's the difference in, in, uh, in me wanting to see a fight personally, it's not necessarily how much money a, uh, how much money a guy's making. You know, so – it's it's story, it's accomplishments, it's accolades, it's all that stuff. And so from my standpoint, when I listened to these two individuals talk last week, Usman and Jorge Masvidal, you could just tell, man, he's really starting to go in on Kamara Usman. He really doesn't like him. And then he was on Ariel Hawani's show this week, and he had the quote where, well, if it's all potatoes and tomatoes, which is just a great line, by the way, uh, and it's not about the money, I'd really take a lot more pleasure in butchering up Usman's face than I would Connor's and I'm just like well yeah th- that's the fight I want and 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 and, and it, you know goes on explain I don't like the fact that he disrespected me I don't like the who thing um you know mentions the American top team black zillions hard knocks 365 crossover um you know he's throwing all that stuff in there and that backstory I am into I'm into and I'm into the idea of Miami's guy you know the guy who's representing Miami right now on a national uh, spotlight I'm into the idea that that guy's going to get to fight for the world championship. 
the world championship. And yeah, I want to see that guy make a ton of dough. But the idea that Miami's fighter is going to go and fight for the world championship. We just talked with uh, with Miguel last segment, and we're talking about, man, all the talent that's down here in South Florida, all the all the great fighters that we have down here. We got one UFC card, one UFC card in six years. That's garbage, man. So if you had the champion of the world was from Miami-Dade County, that's a monster. For me, that's not even close. It's not, it's not close on a selfish level of what I would want to see. Um, and I could, you just can tell, like you can just tell sometimes what gets these guys going a little bit more. And right now, Masvidal has turned his attention to Kamara Usman and that fight I think is going to happen. Here's why. Uh, next week we have Super Bowl Radio Row. Publicist, uh, the publicists send out emails. Who's, who's going to be there? Who's going to come to Radio Row? All right. Let's see who's going to be there. Who's going to be there? Roy Masvidal is going to be there. Kamar Usman's going to be there. You know, White's going to be there. Why would they be there? They're going to announce a fight. They're going to announce a fight. If those guys are going to be there, and they're scheduled to be there on behalf of the UFC, it's not like they're going and, you know, uh, they're not they're not selling some, you know, uh, anti anti uh, anti odor powder or something like that. If they're there on behalf of the UFC, and they're making the rounds with all the radio stations there in the world and all the media in a media center where we're going to be in the we're going to be the all the sporting media is going to be down here in Miami. Um, those guys are going to be there because they're announcing a fight. They're going to fight. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would very much. I feel very good about the prediction that I think they're going to announce that fight next week, because it doesn't make sense. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh, then they have to be announcing that fight soon, because uh, you know Romero's going to be there. He's got a fight to promote. Why? Why is he? Why is he going to be there? He's got a fight to promote. He's got to promote uh, him versus uh, him versus uh, Stylebender. Uh, Joanna Jajic's going to be there. Why is she going to be there? Oh, she has a fight to promote on that same card with Yoel Romero. She's taking on Weili Zhang. So what, what do you think? You think uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman on behalf of the UFC, they just want to go make the media rounds for kicks? No, they got a fight to announce. They're definitely going to announce that fight next week. For sure. For sure. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Oh, welcome back, everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on the ticket. Yesterday, uh, a couple of things that we should mention also. We had uh, some Showtime boxing. Danny Garcia, he bought, uh, he got a win over Yvonne Redcatch yesterday in a welterweight match. Won by uh, unanimous decision. Uh, he did get bit in the eighth round, so that was cool. He got, he got, he got, he got gnarled on like it was uh, Mike Tyson style. wasn't that wasn't as vicious. Got bit in the the shoulder. Uh, area not the not the not the ear but uh who does who wants to get bit i mean not in a boxing ring that's ridiculous it seems seems uh seems preposterous you know he threw out a lot of uh thought well, the thought is after this that danny is going to get a big fight he's going to fight either errol spence uh, manny pacquiao keith thurman he threw out there afterwards as well um so that he seems like a guy he's got a lot of options uh he's been well known for a while and so I think that uh, I think that we will see some of that. I think the the the, the idea that he's going to fight, uh, the idea that he would uh, he would end up fighting one of the guys that he's lost already, it's not as exciting. Like as we talked about last segment, you kind of you kind of know what would happen. But uh, you know, Kim McKee, it was a close fight, so we could we could we could we could do that one over again. I think that'd be fun. Um, Pacquiao's an interesting one, man. I don't know who gets that 
who gets to who gets to eat at that table. That's that's going to be an interesting one because, man, he looked good against Keith Thurman. I was in the building for that one, and it was uh, it was one of the loudest atmospheres I can remember uh, hearing uh, that that place get up and, and roar when he put Keith Thurman down in the first round. People were going nuts. Uh, it was a great performance by him. It was a great performance by him, and he looks he looks fantastic. Um, you know, he's got his name in the ring with this Conor McGregor thing. I don't think any of that stuff is going to happen this year. I really don't. But who knows? You know, it's it, it could all it could all turn so quickly. Um, I think I think you know, I think Danny Garcia versus Errol Spence would be an interesting fight. I do think it, it feels a little similar to uh to to when Errol took on Mikey Garcia. Uh, you know, he dominated. He really did. I got to tell you, like, I wasn't, I wasn't, I knew Errol Spence was good, but watching him in, uh, in person for that one, I was just like, man, this dude looks absolutely amazing. Now, I look, he's coming off a, a horrific accident where the fact that it was like facial lacerations, busted up body and some broken teeth. It's a miracle, man. It's one of the scariest crashes. You can see it looked like something out of a movie would happen to Errol Spence. Um, so you hope that he he comes back from this thing all the way and is is most of all okay, um, but I like the idea of these these uh, these young guys going in there and 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 and, and taking each other on. Um, it's not the matchup I, I most like to see. I mean, obviously the matchup I'd love most, most like to see would be Errol versus uh, versus Terrence Crawford, but that's not going to happen. So why even talk about it? I mean, you have Bob Arum out here saying that uh, he'll he'll go and fight Conor McGregor in MMA. Like they're they're scrambling, but I have said, look. Look, those uh, those top rank matchups with the UFC, they're makeable. I mean, because look, they're both big ESPN partners. If ESPN comes to you and says, "Hey, Stepe, uh, Stepe and Tyson Fury, I want you guys to fight each other," I don't find that to be that nuts. Um, now, why you'd have Terence Crawford go to MMA? I will say this: he'd get props because he'd be the first boxer in a while who makes that move over there. It's typically uh, the the boxers always dictating to the MMA fighter to come over to uh, to their sport. I saw that team uh, team uh, Habib came out this week, and they said that they'll fight Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match for eleven rounds, but they want one round to be MMA. Now, I'm curious, how does this go? Does that mean that Namaga Madoff gets to have the first round of mixed martial arts, or are they saying eleven straight rounds of boxing? But even after all that, one round of MMA, because I feel like that's going to be kind of fair. Because I would feel like. Even if you're Floyd Mayweather, you're taking on a Namagamadoff. You make him dance. You make him chase. You make him throw punches, all that type of stuff for 11 rounds. Maybe you could tire him out, and then you get that one round of MMA, and then you're like, yes, boom, I am the king of combat sports. Or or do they get to do an in-between? Like, does it come by, do they do six rounds of boxing, seventh round MMA, then the rest boxing? Or does Khabib get to throw this card out whenever he wants to? Is he allowed to go like, okay, Let's say it's like a coach's challenge. Like, you know, you get to throw in the MMA, the MMA card, boom, whatever you want. So, like, maybe after three rounds, then you can throw in the MMA card. But if you don't get them, then you're burned. You can't do it for the rest of the fight. And now you have to box. I don't know. It's stupid as far as the idea that it would ever happen. But it's not the stupidest idea I've ever heard as far as creativity is concerned. I do like the idea that. You do a, a, a hybrid fight with the MMA guy getting to, like, almost use his superpower for one round. I like that. I also saw, like, all these hybrid fights have been weird. Like, you had Tyson Fury come out, and he's like, I will fight 
in an MMA cage with MMA gloves, but I'm not fighting MMA. It's basically going to be boxing rules. And at that point, I'm just like, why don't you just do bare knuckle? I mean, like, why why not? Let's just get crazy at that point. You just want so you just basically want to punch somebody with smaller gloves? Is that what you want to do? I don't understand. Like, if we're gonna do it, do it. I'd rather see. See, if that's the case, if you're gonna tell me you're gonna have Tyson Fury come to MMA, it's like, well, what is the what is the the joy of this? So Cipe gets smaller gloves to maybe knock him. I've seen Tyson Fury get knocked on the floor before. You know, for as big a guy as he is, he gets put on his butt uh, quite a few times. So. I think that uh, I think I, I don't think that that, uh, that 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 tickles my fancy very much. The idea of uh, Tyson Fury going and fighting a boxing match, but with MMA gloves on, does nothing for me. Got to be honest with you. Um, some other news that came out. Speaking of bare knuckle, uh, Tiago Alves has signed with Bare Knuckle FC. Bare Knuckle FC is what three weeks away? Three weeks away from fighting at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. You got Hector Lombard, our boy. He is going to be main eventing that. But we got news this week that Tiago Alves is going to be fighting. Uh, and Baron was uh, speaking with uh, Kevin Gleason beforehand, and we were actually just talking about this, 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 this Baron That This is kind of like the one thing I like about Baron Uncle. Like nobody's nobody comes up in Baron Uncle anymore. Like you know, I know that uh, I think that they they feel like they're going to take over combat sports. Um, I I feel like this is the way I feel about Baron Uncle. I'm going to watch it because I like combat sports and I like watching different kinds of combat sports. But to me. Bare knuckle is kind of like a dessert. Like you go out there, every, throw throw me some bare knuckle every once in a while. I'm, I'm into it, but I don't know if I could ever find myself in a day and age where I'm going to say I'm going to follow the rankings of bare knuckle. I'm going to see who's going to be the champion of bare knuckle. It's just every day. It's just kind of like a one-off. Like ah, uh, what's what's fighting tonight? Uh, a couple old UFC guys are fighting bare knuckle. Fire that up on the fire stick. I'll watch that. Let's go. Let's go. I'll watch that. But to say I'm going to be watching, like, I'll, I'll be tuned into it like I would UFC last night because if Curtis Blades win, he could get a title shot against Stipe. I can't picture myself doing that. I really can't. I don't know. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't got a chance to see it live yet because like, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I think Dada 5000 has got a, got a card. I think I saw on, ES, uh, on, on Instagram. They're bringing one of the Hard Rock coming up. So there's going to be plenty of bare knuckle to go around down here in South Florida. What I'm talking about. All, all, all these cards. We got zone coming up this week, by the way, on Thursday. They're going to be at the Meridian. You got uh, Demetrius Andrade, who we got to talk to. We got Tevin Farmer, who we had on two weeks ago. Uh, both of those guys we're supposed to talk to at Radio Row as well. And they're going to be fighting on Thursday. And this is a fun fight. Like I always say, guys, you know, we talk about the, the big boxing match that we can get done. This is a big one. You got two, you got two championship fights down there. Really, really fun night. You do have the sideshow of Jake Paul fighting. Uh, he's taking on Anison Gibb in a six-round fight. Um, he's been training with uh, with Shane Mosley, uh, Nikita Bobby. He's been uh, he's been doing some rounds with. So, you know, Jake Paul. I got to be honest with you. Like I watched Logan Paul. Now he's fighting a YouTuber. So take take it where it is. But I thought those two YouTubers they did a decent job at entertaining you for six rounds. So I'm saying sometimes there's just one up. You're never gonna throw a fight at me. Then I'm gonna say no interest in watching. You know, a lot of these, a lot of a lot of these holier than thou uh, boxing writers, they're like, oh, I've never had interest in it. Like, uh, you know, they'll say uh, Connor versus Floyd. No, I don't have interest in it. I'm never gonna watch it. Yes, you will. First of all, yes, you will. What are you doing? What are you doing on the other hand? So you're gonna go and let me get this straight. You're gonna go watch uh, if if Connor Floyd is on that night. You're gonna watch some 
you know, next generation showbox card over the biggest sporting event on earth that night. I, I just don't understand that. Like, you, you, what what is it taking away from the one thing I love about fighting is, you know, at, at most in in UFC, at most it's twenty five minutes. In 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 uh, in boxing, at most it's what thirty six minutes. Probably for something like that, thirty minutes. Imagine all the time we spend in sports investing into stuff. You know how many Dolphins games I've watched? You know how much time I have wasted sitting on my couch in the third quarter over the last 20 years watching the Dolphins? I mean, think about that. And they're always like, why? You got to watch it. You know, if I, by the way, if I didn't have this job, trust me, I wouldn't be wasting that much time watching the Dolphins like I have over the last 20 years. But imagine, imagine saying, Oh, I, I got no interest in watching that. It's like it's it's a half hour. Do you know how much time you spend watching sports for just a half hour? For that's a quarter. That's a period. You know, that's a ha- that's a half. That's almost a half in basketball. But really, if you're talking about the actual time, that's a quarter. Okay. If you're talking about if you're talking about football, a half hour's time. That's a quarter of football. Really, in real time with commercials and all that stuff, it's a quarter of football. Baseball, two innings basically, two innings. So. You wouldn't watch. You would. You're telling me. What are you gonna watch? You're gonna watch two innings of of A's Rays that night, or you're gonna watch McGregor versus Mayweather. My point being, I'll watch anything combat wise, if you just give me the story. Just tell me what it's gonna be. Okay, what do we got here tonight? We got a, we got a, we got bare knuckle going down tonight. Former UFC guy. He's gonna be taking it on. We got uh, five two minute rounds. Boom. I'm in. I'm in. It's not that hard to sell for me. Oh, Connor versus Floyd too. No, no, no. Oh, Khabib. What's this? Imagine being imagine being friends with this guy. Imagine being friends with this guy. Hey man, you want to watch uh, Khabib versus Floyd tonight? No way, man. I'm a real boxing fan. I got I got no interest in watching Khabib or or Khabib or whatever his name is against Floyd. Floyd's just in it for the money, bro. I'm like really? You, you don't you don't kind of want to just see if Khabib gets a uh, he gets to use his magic wrestling round at any point. You never want to see that. I'm into it. I'm sold. No way, man. Not for me. Can't watch it. I got to say, me, I'm going to be sitting here. I'm going to be watching Univision. I'm going to be watching a card in Panama. And I'm going to be watching the next up and coming. No Floyd Habib for me. I'm like, all right, do you, buddy. Do you. If it makes you happier, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, get mad at you, but I'm here for it all. I'm here for it all, man. I love it all of it. So. Uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys out at the, uh, at the, uh, the zone card on Thursday night. Uh, we're hoping to bring you guys a lot of, uh, fun fight content just to note wise. I know it is Super Bowl week, but there is a lot of fight promotions down here. Like I said, the UFC is going to be down here. Bellator is going to be down here. Um, the folks from the are going to be down here. Uh, there's some rumblings that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are going to be down here. So, uh, it should be fun. I bet there's going to be a lot of, uh, content that's going to be brewing out. As far as uh, as far as our fight fans are concerned, on this show and station, so be tuned in for that, everybody. I will talk to you guys tomorrow live from Radio Row. I am going to get up early because I assume it's going. To, I immediately assume it's going to be a cluster bleep tomorrow. But hey, we're gonna have fun. We'll have fun. So thanks again to Miguel Baeza for stopping in with Kevin Gleason. Thank you very much to those guys. It was great getting to hear from both of them. If you guys missed any of the show, you can download the podcast. I'll have their interview up on YouTube and the website a little bit later as well. If you guys want to watch it. 
but you get, you'll you be able to listen to it basically right after the show if you guys just want to throw it up in your car. Go right ahead. You got Brian McRoe, Rashad Butler. They are coming up next. Enjoy your Sunday. Banging on brunch. You can enjoy that coming up with them next. <laughs> 